Hello everyone, welcome back to the Royville House of Comics. This is Stefan and Ellen. And we are continuing our retrospective. Retrospective. Alright, our retrospective on the life and times of Dick Grayson. We will be looking at Batman number one. And to give you some information on the behind the scenes of the issue, from the DC database, we have Batman Volume 1, Number 1. It was released March in 1940. The writer, Bill Finger. Penciler, Bob Kane. Inker, Sheldon Moldoff. Letterer, Sheldon Moldoff. And editor, Whitney Ellsworth. All right. All right. So, like we mentioned in the Detective Comics with the origin of Robin, these old issues had more than one story. They were kind of an anthology of a few stories. This one is not any different. In this story, in this issue, we find four different stories. Uh, three of them have Dick Grayson in them. The second one does not, so we will kind of just know that in that story, Batman fights giant man monsters. Uh, uh, Same by Dr. Savannah, it looked like. Yeah, yeah, uh, a little bit. So we won't really cover that one. If you would like us to cover that one at a later date, please mention that in the comments. However, let's get into this issue. It is... Uh, going to kind of be a long one so what we're probably going to do is break this up into three parts with each story being a separate part so this is kind of part one of batman number one uh so we start the issue however with a since it is batman number one uh we kind of have a very quick retelling of batman's origin so it is Something maybe to mention. Uh, it's only like two pages. Yeah, it's uh, the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne, just like we've seen it in... Martha! Sorry. <laughs> just like we've seen it in Tim Burton's Batman, in uh, uh, Chris Nolan's Batman. In every Batman ever. I think his origin is told more than... Well, we can't talk about the the man spider because that's something else. Okay. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that one as well. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, so they were mugged when they were out in a family outing. Both parents were shot in front of Bruce. And this story, days later, days later, young Bruce takes a vow by candlelight, just like he had young Dick Grayson take. So it does kind of, it is kind of circular there. Yes, and it does, uh, it does go into the fact that Bruce Wayne prepares himself for his career. He becomes a master scientist. And then he trains his body to physical perfection. Until he can, uh, blah, until he is able to perform amazing athletic feats. So it sort of in two panels explains how he's so smart. Amazing. And that's Isn't what he somebody says. else amazing? Wait a minute, we're not supposed to talk about that. Right. Sorry. 
And so in two panels, they cover how Batman is able to do his acrobatic feats and is such a good fighter and is so smart. Um, in the third panel, they do cover that he is wealthy. And then in the fourth panel afterwards is one of my favorite Batman moments where Bruce says to no one in particular, criminals are a superstitious, cowardly lot. So my disguise must be able to strike terror into their hearts. I must be a creature of the night. Black. Terrible. Uh, uh. And then the bat uh, flies in and he takes it as an omen and becomes the Batman. So every time somebody... Well... He shall become a bat. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then becomes the Batman. So I guess his chemicals didn't actually turn him into a man bat. That was somebody That's else. That's somebody else. Yeah. Um, actually, within this continuity, we might run into him <laughs> eventually. Um, so basically... That's the origin of Batman in two store in two pages, and I just thought it was interesting that he took a vow by candlelight again to nobody in particular. There were no witnesses here. So this is the kind of man that Dick Grayson's getting involved with. He's a little obsessed, I think, but that's okay actually. So far, he's not been super aside from the beating thing. Not been really creepy or anything with him. Oh, don't worry. Are we going to read that? There's going to be something that happens in this issue that I'm sure we're going to talk about. However, right now we're going to talk about the first story, and it is a doozy. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the first appearance of Mr. Joker. Well, I mean, they're being polite. They're just meeting. Exactly. I, I just thought it was hilarious <laughs> that they both just... Both refer to each other as Mr. Joker and Mr. Batman, as if they're like, hey, Jimmy Joker, uh, we just went down to the uh, gas and zip and met Jimmy Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had to punch his lights out. Oh, now, Ernest Batman, you're so funny. But anyway, okay, so uh, we start with a very dramatic intro. This is... This is just dripping with this stuff. Once again, a master criminal stalks the streets. A criminal weaving a web of... Web? Stop. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Let's get back into it. Um, A ghastly clown's grin. The sign of death from the Joker. Only to dare to oppose him. Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder... To, to battle the grim jester called the Joker. A battle of wits with swift death. The only compromise. Wait, is that a compromise? Not really. It, one or the other gets their way in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we can compromise with you dying. Well, yeah, we can compromise with me dying. Yeah, that's not really... I get well, Yeah, yeah. There's All no right. middle ground. Compromise is a middle ground. So, uh, it sets up that, you know, Joker is kind of working alone, actually. Um, he is using the radio. Doesn't really say how he's getting access to the radio waves, if he has any uh, technology or anything. But he's using the radio to basically tell everybody that he's going to kill someone and take this jewel, uh, this uh, Calridge guy, 
Um, he's going to kill him. He's going to take his diamond. And it's kind of funny. I, I, I find it interesting that uh, they reference dating. Everybody always talks about how, oh, well, that's going to date this movie. That's really going to date this if they make this joke about some contemporary mm-hmm. thing. And the old couple that is listening to the radio talks about, oh, well, it's just like that. Everybody with that story about Mars the last time. Ha, ha, ha. Referencing War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. I, I, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of, kind of a cool little thing that they threw in there. Uh, but really dates this comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from like... 80 years ago. Yeah. Uh, all right. The Joker has spoken. I have spoken. I said I've spoken. I say good day, sir. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so the police take it seriously, and they basically try to protect Cowridge. However, kind of this cool locked room scenario. The Joker says, "I'm going to kill this guy." At midnight, and I'm going to take his jewel. Well, they're basically surrounding this guy with police officers. And at the stroke of 12 o'clock, he's still alive. I'm still alive. I'm not dead. And then he dies and creates this. Over his face comes this Joker grin. And I actually, when I read it, I'm like, that's a really cool visual it's almost horror comic-esque in its way well the joker all of his imagery even modern day is pretty horror-esque so i guess it just started right from the get-go true true and i and i like uh the writing here slowly the facial muscles pull the dead man's mouth into a repellent ghastly grin the sign of death from the Joker. And then the, you have the cops. It's it's horrible. Grotesque. The Joker brings death to his victims with a smile. And then there's obviously the, the dead man with a huge uh, uh, Joker-like smile. Huge toothy grin. Look at all those teeth he has. Well, you know, great dental plans back in the day, I guess. <laughs> they have extra teeth. So... I find it, uh, so, so then it kind of shows the Joker and that he, he really likes what he did and he's going to go basically do it again. Well, okay, but also, just so you know, he planted a fake in the safe with a, Drew. so like that whole locked room scenario, he, he, yeah. So how was he able to do that? Of course, it's kind of funny because the police automatically, no, this is a fake. But so, it is true. Like, this is a fake. This is glass. I mean, no. like, I can't tell glass from a diamond when looking at it. But, <laughs> but maybe they have those little, what are those, those spyglass things that the jewelers have? They just didn't show it. It was That's off true. screen. That's true. I, I don't know what they're called. Those little things that they put in their eyes, you know? Glass things. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a jeweler. They so. look like a little monocle, only they're like a telescope. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that, uh, we get a shot of Batman. Bruce Wayne, once again, smoking his pipe. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I really hate to do this, but we need to go back. Okay. Because the first time that we see Joker in all of his glory, what is missing? His smile? 
Yeah. Why is he not smiling? That's true. He uh, looks very melancholy in that picture. He really does. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry to I derail. Do, I do also find it interesting that in the room, he has a bust of Batman. He does? Yeah. Did I miss if that? If you look at the uh, uh, picture right after, yep, right there. Oh my gosh, he does. I don't Holy know crap. if they've ever met before. I don't know if he just bought that at the local, like, Macy's down the road. It was just really weird that he has a bust of Batman there. Holy cow. Or did he, like, steal a cowl? When... Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. So. I'm sorry to derail. Nope, nope, not a problem. Moving on, we uh, get that Bruce Wayne smoking his pipe. They're reading the paper. And Dick is talking about the Joker and like, hey, Batman, or hey, Bruce, shouldn't we go get this guy? And then Bruce says, not yet, Dick. The time's not ripe. But when we do... Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, dot, dot. Like, what do you mean, Bruce? The time's not ripe. He just killed a guy. (laughs) I know, I know. Like, he just killed... No, time's not right. We're. Uh, I didn't like that guy that much. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. That guy owed me twenty bucks. Uh, twenty million. I mean, they're billionaires, so twenty million dollars. So yeah. you know, let him die. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. So we have uh, the Joker doing it again. The Joker he, has spoken. The Joker has spoken again, and uh, it's him again. The Joker. Some older couple is talking about it. I think it's- think it's the same older couple from before are they bookending that no it's not because uh the first lady and second lady um definitely appear to be different to me one's a little bit more robust as a woman so i think it's a different okay yeah yeah so, um, so once again, it's kind of a locker room scenario. We don't really need to go over this one. It's kind of about the same uh-huh. thing. However, I did find it very, very funny that how the Joker attacks this time is he is in... So you have like in mansions, you have the full plate of armor that you see. Well, he's actually inside the armor. It's a really cool visual to have the Joker it, like it, reveal himself. It is a really cool visual, but it just makes me wonder, first of all, how long was he in that armor? Why didn't the police find and him? Why did the police like did the guy not breathe? Did, did nobody like go in and like, oh, that's a really nice thing of armor. Oh my god, it's got eyes. Or or just just even more simple than that. This is a really nice, convenient, man-sized thing that... uh... Yeah, right next to everybody. It's like right there in the room. But anyway, we digress. Uh, They don't find him. He is able to paralyze the police and not kill them. And then he kills his target. With a blue dart. With a, yep, and once again, in the, anyway, so, and is able to uh, take him down. So now we have a group of mobsters, very dapper mobsters, as we know from uh, Detective Comics. They're bright all colors in bright three colors, three-piece suits, everybody's wearing a hat inside, and so. So they're rude. Well, yeah. Well, they are mobsters. So, Bad guys. <laughs> Sorry. So the the main mobster is named Brute 
Nelson. <laughs> Which is awesome. So, of course, <laughs> you name your kid Brute, people. He's just going to be a mobster. Well, anyway, he says, we're going to get this Joker C. But no. he doesn't actually say C. Nobody no, actually no. says C in this. Th- this time, I'm disappointed. <laughs> However, Brute Nelson does say that the Joker is a yellow rat. He's a yellow rat there, that Joker. So, Batman thinks that, you know, now two people are dead. So, maybe <laughs> I am, and uh, I'm out of uh, smoking tobacco for my pipe. So, so I think, you so know. So, while I go out to get that, just on the on the way home, we might as well solve this. Yeah, we might, as well, we might as well do something. So, he leaves, actually, I don't think Dick comes with him. Um, yeah, he says, where are you going alone? But but he heard through the grapevine. Oh, I I I actually made a note about that because I thought that was hilarious. So Bruce and Dick are talking. So here is the narration box above this panel. It says the sensational news that Brute Nelson's cunning gunning for the Joker travels the criminal grapevine. The Batman is ready to go into action. In quotes. In quotes. The grapevine, in quotes. Right. Sorry. So then, Bruce says, today over the grapevine that makes me think the time is ripe. Was Bruce reading the narration box above his head? He had to have, because in his his dialogue box, grapevine is also in quotes. So he is actually cheating. He's reading the narration boxes. He is a detective, and he needs to use every clue at his disposal. Well, is he a detective, or does he just have this, like, delusional ability to read the no, behind-the-scenes? Nobody else is doing it. True. That's true. And he hasn't, maybe he hasn't taught Dick that uh, special ability yet. So, so, Brute Nelson sets a trap. For the Joker. Relaxing in his house. In his three-piece suit. Because, you know, he doesn't even take his... With his tie all the way tied up and everything. And his jacket on. He didn't even take his jacket off. He's just sitting there in an armchair. So, they... uh, The Joker comes like, I'm going to get you. What are you talking about? The Joker. And then Brute Nelson's like, get him, guys. And they're going to get him. And then the Batman shows up on the steps. And... Actually goes into a really cool fight scene, I think. It does. But at the beginning, I don't know if you read this or caught it, but the reason they're alerted to Batman's presence is that he basically tripped. Well, I think it's more like the floorboards. But DC Today, would that scene happen? Probably not, no. Batman is perfect today. I just find it interesting that he's just a dude, and this writer's like, he's never been in this house before. He wouldn't know what stairs squeaky, or if they happen to just keep their collection of baseballs on the stairs, or whatever the heck happened. Right. And um, he made an error, so literally everybody in the room's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Sorry. So, just... yeah, so we get uh, the Joker being momentarily forgotten from the narration uh, uh, box. 
as the Batman leaps down the stairs. And it's actually it's a really small panel, but it's kind of a really cool visual. He takes out three guys. He punches with a, a very large fists. And uh, Elsa has a little bit of banter. Have a seat, boys. There's enough room on this chair for two as he breaks a chair over two guys. And all this is happening and then the Joker shoots Brute Nelson and runs. And then there's a cool sequence where the Batman jumps onto the Joker's car. And then they're fighting on a bridge. And then the Joker kind of gets the upper hand and knocks uh, Bruce into the water. Uh, he comes back, tells uh, Dick Grayson about it. And then they, once again, listen that the Joker is going to take out somebody. And there is a really cool, and it makes me, because they used it, the Joker is going to kill uh, Judge Drake. And he sets it up that he is the chief of police. You don't know he's the chief of police until... He's going to kill uh, Judge Drake, and he's dressed as the police officer. Can we say what was the the Nolan Batman, where the Joker dresses as a police officer? Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't so um, prominent as being the chief, but yes, he dressed right, as yeah. as a police officer to leave a scene on mm. notice because he just left with the crowd of uh, SWAT. I think. Yeah, I think so. Swat or... or Some, something like with a mask or something that he could cover his face with. Yeah. So... I also would like to point out that the Joker has many, many teeth and they are very, very long. He is They are very long. He's very, very frightening. I mean, he should be, but uh, it's a it's scary like he's image. smuggling ivory in there. <laughs> it's so supple. <laughs> All right, so once again, he, he does uh, kill the judge. However... Batman has Robin outside watching the place and Robin sees the Joker come out and so he follows him. And oh my God, his hair. Robin's hair. It's a little a big. Little? It's like anime. Uh, yeah, it's like anime yeah, spiky. But it gets, as, as the page goes on, it gets smaller. So, so like, did he go to see him? that day. <laughs> Well, he stopped by, went to the barber. I'm and sorry. So, I just, yeah. yeah, the art on his hair, in the, there's just one panel that it's actually pretty bad. It looks like, I'm not even kidding, it does. It looks like anime hair. It's like, a, like he's smuggling, you know, like a Robin utility belt in his hair or something. It's like a man bouffant. <laughs> so, he goes and follows the Joker. Originally, I was like, so he's just kind of walking while the Joker is, but Joker's car was wrecked, so it was probably close enough. So Robin follows. Batman shows up, sees that Robin's gone, and I thought it was interesting that he is able to use an infrared kind of a um, flashlight, infrared mm -hmm. flashlight, because he put a special chemical on not only his boots but Robin's boots, so that they would basically glow in an infrared light and i'm just thinking okay 
So are you totally making Robin bait so that you can just follow the Joker? But then I'm like, but he did it on his own shoes too. I didn't read it that way at all. I read it as like a fail safe. I mean, he is a master scientist. Right, right. If you yeah, read the prelude. I, yeah, I, I definitely kind of said, okay, no, that's not what's going on. Um, definitely is a fail safe. So... Batman follows the tracks, finds the Joker with Robin, just as he's going to kill Robin. The Joker is just going to kill Robin, gets to drop on him, and there's a fight. There is a fight, but beforehand, Joker, when Batman comes through the window, Joker's narrating to, to Robin exactly what's going to happen, just like just like Blades did in the previous issue, or I'm going to step on your fingers and you're going to fall to your death, as he's walking over to step on his fingers instead of just stepping on his fingers. So instead of injecting Robin with the poison, he says, and now the venom into your what? As Batman. (laughs) Not so fast, friend. (laughs) Wow. In their first confrontation, they got pretty close. Yeah. It was just interesting to me. And I understand this is old school comic etiquette. Mm-hmm. And structure mm-hmm. um, etiquette is probably the wrong word, but it's it's old school comic structure in that everybody has to because the pictures aren't moving, right, right. So everybody has to narrate what they're doing. But I find it really funny because this must have been before the advent of the thought balloon, right. So they're all speech balloons. So all of these people are speaking out loud exactly what they're thinking and what they're doing. Right. And a lot of times with a lot of exclamation points. So to me, it's like they're shouting. And so I'm going to go and step on your fingers. You know, like, it's just like. Right, of course, yeah. It's it's cheesy and great. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I just, it was one of the few times in this specific story where something like that happened. And I find it funny. Like, I actually laughed out loud when Mm. I was reading this, when I got to that panel, because of that. Well, I started to uh, laugh a little bit on uh, Batman's awesome retort. (laughs) A clubbing blow. You may be the Joker, but I'm the king of clubs. And he hits him. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, very, very well done, Batman. Burn! Anyway, okay. <laughs> so they they fight. Uh, the Joker uh, kind of gets away because he has to... Batman has to rescue Robin. And they follow him. And there's this great, like... So they rescue Robin. They're like, well, we have to continue after the Joker... And he, it's the Cleopatra necklace that's owned by Otto Drexel. Come on, there's not a moment to lose with a maniac on the loose. It kind of reminds me of the Adam West. It, yes, kind a of. little bit, actually. And there's more of that a little bit later. But um, I also want to point out that in the last comic, in Detective Comics 38, it was Robin's cape that was spring loaded. Yeah, now now Batman's no. There's just a huge gust of wind. This but actually white, could be only on Batman, though. Well, right, Batman. <laughs> Does he carry? He his can own read fan? narration boxes. <laughs> he has a guy that runs around on it with a fan for okay. him. Okay. Yeah. I just it was interesting because it's almost exactly the same shape, even as Robin's cape on the cover of of Detective ah. Comics thirty eight. 
the 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 penciler drew it in much the same shape as Robin's flying off his shoulders. So we have the Joker going to an apartment or a penthouse to get this Cleopatra's necklace. Gets into a confrontation with Batman, shoots Batman, and actually there is, there is, they they just proved you wrong. They did. But that's okay, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, There's a thought balloon. Die, blast you, die. Why won't you die, the Joker says out loud. Then Batman thinks, hasn't Joker ever heard of a bulletproof vest? Like seriously, dude. Do you even, do you even... <laughs> do you even criminal, dude? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of a good, like... <laughs> yeah. Do you even criminal, dude? Uh. Anyway, so, um, he says, I'll kill you, runs out of bullets, throws, and Throws leaves, his gun. It's throws great. his gun at He's Batman. so frustrated. It's actually a really greatly written scene. It is, it is pretty good. He jumps over to another building or something, and lo and behold... As he's climbing to escape, Robin kicks him. But he's the ace in the hole. He's the ace in the hole. Keeping with the card motif. So we have uh, Joker plummeting to his death, but no, Batman was ready for it. Uh Uh-huh. And grabs him. And dead. Knocks him out. Both of them. Both of them should be dead. <laughs> no, he should just have his arm tear- torn off. It's cool. Um, but the last couple comics is basically uh, Batman captures the Joker. Uh, I did find it a little interesting that Bruce, as they're talking, once again... Oh, nope. He actually isn't smoking at this point. No, There's just weird, it's weird smoke shading. around him. Yeah, it's weird shading. But Bruce says, uh, some sort of drug that pulled the muscles of the face, because he's acting, because Dick is asking about the terrible grin. Uh, The Joker was a clever but diabolical killer. Too clever and too deadly to be free. So it made me wonder, what killer is not too clever or deadly to be arrested? (laughs) Like, if you're a (laughs) killer, shouldn't you just, like, like... Isn't that where you should be arrested once you kill somebody? Yeah, and all the criminal stuff that leads up to that whole <laughs> killing thing. You would yeah. think. Yeah, Bruce is very laissez-faire, this, uh, this uh, he, he, he kind of is. Issue, but um, uh, the But story. evidently he did not pick up more pipe, pipe tobacco. That's true, that's true. He got a little busy, distracted. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, the very last panel of this story is the Joker in state prison going, I'm not going to be here long, I will get free. Well, of course. And I will have the last laugh. Ha ha. Ha ha. Anyway, I do want to point out that evidently Dick Grayson has no other clothing except for those plaid pants and that red sweater. Because in the Detective Comics issue, he's wearing exactly the same outfit in the wrap-up. You know, you like something, you go with it. So you're saying that he might have a closet full of these yellow plaid pants and these red sweaters? Either that or this is all happening on the exact same day. Ooh, yikes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, Bruce, unlike the unlike the mobsters, does relax a little bit at home. He's wearing not a suit jacket, but a huh, smoking, smoking jacket. Smoking jacket, yes, yes. <laughs> But his tie still is tight around his, like, he didn't even loosen his tie. Well, true, true. 
But, I mean, you know, he's a little bit more relaxed than those mobsters. All right. So that is the first story. What did you... Di- we'll do the dislikes first. What did you dislike first, Ellen? Um, There wasn't actually... I know I poked fun. It was all in good fun. Um, but there wasn't a lot about it I didn't like. Again, the art is a little bit dated because it's done in a different style. And 1940 comics look way different than mm-hmm. modern comics. Um, so there's not a lot about the storytelling I didn't like. There wasn't a lot of that compression that makes it feel rushed. Um, at least not in this story. Uh, there wasn't a lot of tell not show, which we did have a little bit in Detective Comics 38, where the narration told us what was happening rather than the art showing us the story Mm -hmm. there's less of that in this this is a little bit more simple story and i may have gone into this with a little bit of an advantage over people who read it back in 1940 Mm -hmm. because i am familiar with the joker i am familiar with the characters involved with this and their and their motives their their motifs i guess Mm -hmm. so i it's hard for me to separate my own knowledge from this as a piece of art Mm -hmm. because there may have been some of that tell don't show that I just filled in because I know the Joker. I know Batman. I know, right. you know, so I do want to say that with that caveat, there's not a whole lot about this that I didn't like aside from there were a few art weirdness things, mm-hmm. which again, as I said, it's from a different time and that may not have been a thing that bothers the the readers that this was aimed at, you know, 80 years ago, or whatever. Right. So. Um, thing I didn't like. Not enough Dick Grayson. All right. What did you like about this uh, this uh, this story? Actually, I really liked that. Right out the bat, because um, we... I'm newer to comics than Steve, but I have read some origin stories, some, some plots from, like, the very get-go, some heroes from their number one issue, or at least a re-release number one issue, what I'm liking about how you said the writer was Bob Kane on this one, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. How Bob Kane basically right out of the bat, like he's like, Okay, here's a few sentences, this is where they're coming from. Bruce's parents are dead and go. And you're right in the action right away. And um what I liked about it is there was they're very clear cut motives, they're very clear cut good guys and bad guys. Very clear cut. Mm. So I, I don't know how else to say that. I feel a little flustered right now. Sorry. But the other thing that I really enjoyed is actually, I really do miss comics having bright colors and the art for the this. The four color. I mean, it, not even just the four color, just bright colors. But in four color, you're forced to have bright colors because you only have those four to kind of play with mm-hmm. um but i do i do enjoy the way the thing looks actually the the penciler did a really great job and the inker did a really great job of keeping things fairly consistent through the whole thing as well i didn't see very many coloring errors or anything like that this is a really tight story that's told very well and drawn very well all right. Um, I can't really add much to that. I really like the story. I thought it was a very good story. I thought it was really well plotted out. I liked the action in it. It 
for a 1940s comic, the action was fun and worked. Um, in my brain, I was filling in uh, some of the action steps, and it really looked cool. Um, the Joker's first foray into the world of comics was diabolical, sinister, and fun. And he was character. a smart and in character. Yeah, he was a smart villain. Uh, so yeah, I liked it. I wish, obviously, there would have been more Dick Grayson, but even Dick Grayson had, this is kind of more of the Dick Grayson was the damsel in distress. Uh, however, he does have the last shot on the Joker before, uh, Batman captures him. So yeah, solid story, solid to me, uh, art piece. Well written for the 1940s. Definitely good, good story. So next time we will get into the third story. Uh, once again, uh, the second story does not have Dick Grayson in it. So we will do that next time. If you want us to do the second story, once again, uh, let us know in the comments. However... If you like what we're doing here, if you like Dick Grayson, if you like comics, please subscribe, leave a comment, notification, uh, and until next time, we'll see you later. Read more comics. Keep reading. Keep reading. Thanks, all.